everybody, Randy here. Before we jump into the episode today, I want to thank a couple sponsors. The first, Holderness and Born. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Holderness and Born. And let's talk about their polo shirts for a second. Yes, the fit and fabrics are on point, but H&B really changed the game with the collar on their shirts. You can pick out an H&B collar from across the driving range. And why is that? Because it has premium interfacing, hidden collar stays, and an English cut that is modern but not too aggressive. Okay, great, but what does that all mean? You might be asking. It means you look more polished, more put together, a great collar frames your face and gives you good posture, certainly two things that I need all the help I can get. And in the spring and summer, it stays sharp all day long. It doesn't lay down or flatten out as you sweat all over those six footers. So if you want to upgrade your golf wardrobe this spring and summer, go check out Holderness and Born at hbgolf.com and use code NLU15 for 15% off your next order. That's hbgolf.com, code NLU15 for 15% off your next order. And our other sponsor I want to thank right now is Walker Trolleys. Spring is in the air, and it's getting time for you to start thinking about golf, and especially walking the course. If you love the classic style of the Walker Trolley Cape 1.5, then you're going to love the Cape Now Come standard with run-flat tires. It's the same great trolley with the look and feel you love, but now with no worry of a flat out on the course. The Walker Trolley Cape is the number one premium push cart in the market, bringing classic style with an ample use of modern technology. The Cape 1.5's polished aluminum frame and use of wax, canvas, and leather creates a trolley that stands out all over the course. And for a limited time, Walker Trolleys has its bundle starter package available for just $399, which includes the Cape 1.5, a sand and water bottle, and an umbrella holder. Visit walkertrolleys.com today. That's walkertrolleys.com if you want to walk the course in style and bring your game to a new level in 2023. Now let me kick it to Mr. Jeezy. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jeezy, and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Trap Draw podcast. My name is Randy, and I am joined today by a Trap Draw alumnus, Mr. Bob Sturm, uh, one of our favorite personalities in all of sports. He uh, He's a Dallas-Fort Worth guy from the Plex. Bob, by way of introduction, let me tell the people they can find you on Twitter, at Sports. Sturm, S-T-U-R-M. You can read him at The Athletic. Would encourage people to get a subscription there. And of course, uh, for folks in DFW or listening around the world, he's on the Ticket Sports Radio, 96.7 FM, 1310 AM. Bob, it's a real pleasure to get to talk. We're going to talk a lot of basketball today. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Let's do it, Big. So thrilled to be with you. This is awesome. 
We, uh, of course, the NBA playoffs are are kicking off this weekend. We are both huge NBA fans, fans of basketball. Uh, but I want to start here. I, I came down to Dallas last week, got to hang out in the ticket studios, which was a huge thrill for me. Got to see you guys work. Got to join in a couple segments with you. But the real reason for my visit, you and I had kind of been plotting going to an NBA game. We had circled the Kings at the Mavs as the game we wanted to attend, and we did it. And not only that, we splurged for very expensive tickets. We were second row right behind the Kings bench. Tell tell me, tell the folks, how much fun is it to be up close and personal and and really get a feel for the action? I'm, I'm still buzzing. I know as media guys, I'm supposed to uh, certainly – uh, be accustomed to that and uh, the thrill is gone and be a little bit uh, of a curmudgeon and maybe complain that the uh, media buffet was not to my liking and they made me park <laughs> too far away. I have to tell you, very few things are as thrilling as seeing sports from the very, very close proximity that we got to see it last week. It was phenomenal there's so much happening there uh there's a time you know covering the nfl which is actually my 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 straight gig um there's a time at the end of every game where they let the media down onto the field and it's like with five minutes to go and i have to tell you that that might be my favorite part of my job uh because uh i i i, I look forward to just being that close to that level of violence and that level of physicality is just it's it's it must be what cocaine is like I don't know uh, but uh, it, it's incredible and, and the NBA game is a slightly different flavor because very seldom will we see a compound fracture of any magnitude big but uh, <laughs> but uh, the speed the intensity the athleticism everything about it the conversations you can actually hear it's it's all good it's it's we TV is wonderful, but I, I do feel like it's desensitized us to what is actually happening out there. That's exactly right. Um, I, I've never been that close to an NFL game, so I don't have a comparison there. I've had the fortune to sit, you know, first, second row behind home plate at a Major League Baseball game, and that's a lot of fun seeing the pitch speed, seeing the movement, understanding how little time the batter has to react. But the, but sitting courtside at an NBA game was has always been something on my bucket list. I, I had told you that well before we got the tickets or made the plans, and it lived up to it for me. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. What, what struck me first was just the size, right? It, it's hard to comprehend how big everybody is. You know, you and I were saying a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who's, I don't know, 6'3", right. let's say, 180 pounds maybe, Um he looks he looks small, right? He he's he's certainly one of the more slender guys out there. You, you look at you know Domas Sabonis, Luca, uh, yeah. Christian Wood, and it's just how 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 do these guys how do they do anything right, right. with that size imposing you know their movement and their shots and and everything? I was a kid in a candy store, Bob. I I mean I was just sitting there. It felt like one of those experiences where I was literally just trying to soak everything in. I, I just was looking around. I'm sure I had a big, goofy, wide-eyed expression on my face. I was geeking out with the Kings timeouts, trying to you know hear yeah. the assistant coach talk or Mike Brown talk. I oh my god, it just it, it reminded me why I love basketball. Absolutely. And so, 
yeah, you and I had talked like for anybody that loves basketball and and if you can, I mean, certainly I would say the tickets were were, were out of our day-to-day budget. But, That's right. But, but we were saying, you know, do it every couple of years just to kind of remind yourself what it is you're watching day after day on television. Yeah, 100%. I, I think those people, like uh, as we spied across the way, we saw Tony Romo That's and right. what, a, what appeared to be like three 10-year-olds at the game. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, those seats he was in times four, I'm guessing – that was a $10,000 evening for him. And, uh, I, I don't know how he does that, but, uh, well, I actually do. CBS pays him an absurd amount of money. So he's, he's doing fine. Uh, you and I were not at that price point, nor did we bring three 10 year olds with us. But, uh, but I will say, uh, it, it probably gets lost if you're always down there. And it probably uh, is would be a shame if you're never down there. So, so I totally agree with your your idea. And you know, maybe pick a game that isn't a highly coveted one, so that the price can come down. But I, thrilling that we got to see your team, and we got to sit behind your team's bench, and and basically be able to touch uh, assistant coach uh, uh, Leandro Barbosa uh, with our <laughs> hand if we if we felt like it. And and so. Um, that it, it, that's that's everything but the win for your kings uh, fell into place, uh, and 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 obviously for me keeping a few um, of my golf balls on the planet also did not go according to plan earlier in the day. But I will tell you that was just a uh, a, a perfect day. I, I I I really look back at last Wednesday and say, boy, we we hit that one out of the park, Randy. We did, we did. I I thank you for that. Yeah, you just I God as you as you're talking about Leandro Barbosa, you know, you just pick up on so many little things. You know, we got a kick out of the assistant coaches. They have two rows of of seats on the team bench. And the guys in the second row and they they have a female on staff, so the guys and gals in the second row, they sit on booster seats. They sit on these big yes. cushions so they can see over <laughs> the players sitting in front of them, which like that's that's something I would never yeah. get watching on TV. Not at all. And, and, uh, one other thing about going down and sitting, if you, you know, obviously if you can afford the Romo money, get the first row, uh, and, and, and like Larry David, uh, pull your feet in when Shaq walks by, so you don't cause any problems there and, uh, and, and injure him like on the famous curb your enthusiasm episode. However, if you're in the second row, like we were, well, then I recommend that you're six, eight. Because I think Randy, uh, Randy's sight lines were great. I don't know if you were five eight, if they would have been uh, quite as uh, superior, but uh, it, it worked out very well. It did, it did. And I just have to say, you know, Bob, you're the, you're you're kind of the mayor of American Airlines Center. <laughs> uh, I was getting a kick out of just, you know, seeing people recognize you, kind of come up and hey, really enjoy the show. Thank you. Uh, that's always a kick for me. We got to shake Mark Cuban's hand. He, he walked past you and, and recognized you. He did not recognize me. Kind of did a triple take on me. Saw that I was with you and, and shook yes. my hand. Um, you know, old old Mavs great Derek Harper we saw. It was that's just a right. really, really uh, fun evening. So, yeah. Is Mark your favorite shark on Shark Tank, would you say? Mark or uh, who's the curmudgeon, Mr. Mr. Wonderful, the Canadian? <laughs> yes, Just because yes. I like his bit. I mean, he's so right. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Ke- so no, I, that, 
That was great, and obviously it happened on a day where Cuban wasn't having the best day because uh, he met he met the media for like the first time in six months and and said a bunch of crazy things and uh, and and then you could see the wear and tear of uh, of of a couple billion here and a couple billion there and just all the stress, the more money, more problems that Mark Cuban's dealing with these days. Uh, he he looked uh, he looked like he could use a vacation, and now yeah. he gets one. Yeah, but uh, but uh, he was nice enough to uh, at least. Uh, uh, shake shake hands with uh, with big randy so that was a, that was a, that was a thrill just to witness i i wish i was smart enough to uh, record that uh, for all to see yeah yeah well let's i i do want to ask you about the mavs i i i won't make this too insufferable for our listeners in dallas before we kind of dig into that and and then go into the playoff picture i wanted to ask you i got to hang out at your house uh while i was down there you have the league pass can you just talk to me? How, how much NBA basketball do you watch? I should tell if people don't know, you grew up, you're a Wisconsin guy, you're a big Milwaukee yes. Bucks fan, so I know they are near and dear to your heart. But talk yeah. to me, how, how do you like to consume the NBA? Well, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. League pass is a must. I feel like one of the first things when I got out of college was uh, was to get league pass because I couldn't believe that uh, uh, just just to use uh, your team, uh, and I think that would be the default team I would use. Is wait a minute, I can watch every Sacramento Kings game if I want, and <laughs> and that at the time when I got out of college, that that would be considered uh, you must really like basketball if you're looking for for the 1994 Sacramento Kings team. Uh, out there um but yeah it's just it's it's always been in me you know i uh that was the sport i was able to play as a kid and i tried to play it at the uh, division one level and as i told you that went very poorly because uh like like luca i'm not great on the defensive end at all and unlike luca i'm not world class on the <laughs> offensive end so if you need a wide open corner three i might have been able to help you once upon a time but uh, beyond that I, I i didn't have much and so the game always was calling me um i you know like i said i've made kind of a living uh covering football in the nfl and and actually hockey which is uh, interesting enough in the winding road but when you you know part of that was just being pragmatic you know you come down to to uh, Dallas and you're a Wisconsin kid and uh, everybody knows the game of basketball pretty well but nobody knew the game of hockey real well and so I just you know squeezed in and filled a niche so I could stay here for a long long time but but always come back to basketball uh, yes grew up a Bucks fan absolutely uh, fell out of love with them after uh, a fair number of 60 lost seasons uh, then uh, you know enjoyed the entire 21 years of Dirk uh, which uh, which uh, Dirk and I you know the history books don't tell the story quite this way Randy but Dirk and I both came to Dallas in 1998 they usually focus on him I think that's unfair to me <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know 21 seasons with the big German and, uh, and and he's a great friend and he's just one of the coolest guys I've, I've ever met because uh, not only is he a cool guy like you know many guys that you and I know uh, separately or together and, and but he's also one of the top 10 scores in NBA history and so uh, that's a very short list of people that I can call my friend um, uh, and, and 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 Dirk is one of them and, and now he uh, busts my balls when Arsenal takes care of Liverpool and uh, other things that uh, we enjoy uh, that since he still lives in Dallas so so to see the 2011 Mavericks story 
and I even wrote a book about it that no one read and, uh, and just enjoyed that up close and personal. And then 10 years later to kind of enjoy the, uh, the Yana story up in Milwaukee and be able to be there for that game six. Uh, you know, I've, I've definitely in the last 15 years had more than enough good fortune in the, uh, in the NBA world. And so, um, I certainly hijacked a question of how do you consume the NBA, but uh, you know, I guess all my life is the answer, the short answer. Even though I, I, I made that a five minute answer, problem. No, no, no. I, I think I think what it boils down to, I, I think we're both a little bit basketball junkies, and yeah, that's one of the reasons I think we we've become friends and we, and we get along and. No doubt. It, it, I, and may I say, yeah, please. Uh, may, I, may, may I say, I enjoy basketball on a more visceral level. I have many friends who are in the NBA media and uh, consume the analytics and uh, and uh, you know make their spreadsheets and uh, try to study it as if they are working on a science experiment in the lab. I do that with football. And in a way, it sort of takes all the joy out of it. So the way I consume basketball is purely on the visceral level of what gets me going, what brings me joy, I like to say, uh, what what players are fun for me, what players are not fun, what rivalries get me going. So I try not to junk it up. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to say that uh, to people that take it seriously, but I try I try not to get carried away with, uh, well, this guy has two-tenths more of a rebound uh, per game than this guy per 36, and therefore uh, he belongs. When you ask me to put together an all-NBA team, I'm going to tell you there's probably – uh, some great arguments against my team, but it's my team. And so I put the guys on there that I think should make the All-NBA team, uh, even if they only played 53 games this year. And so I, I will just tell you going in, and to any of uh, the good uh, folks who uh, listen to the Trap Draw on a regular basis, uh, this is one dude's opinion. He watches a ton of basketball, but he does not claim to have all of the answers. But he does claim that he has his favorite you know, flavor of ice cream. And so, uh, you know, like the MVP discussion, is one better than the other two? Eh, maybe. But really, which flavor of ice cream do you like the most? Because that's the one that uh, you would give the MVP vote to because it's too close to call otherwise. I think that's exactly right. And the older I get, I think I find myself trending much more that way with basketball as well. Like I, I want to enjoy the game on a visceral level. I, I want to watch... You know, I, I think the the beauty of movement, athleticism, uh, jaw dropping skill, and you know, dominant size, power, all of that 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 is what hooks me on the game. It's not, you know, uh, the deep study of analytics. Let me get away from that, but I think it's a yes, good sir. segue because okay. you and I have been going back and forth now for three years about Luca yeah. and the Mavs. Right. And I won't bore people with all of it. I've kind of said to you, I'd say for a couple of years now, that I, I think what has bothered me or what um, what concerns me with Luca's style is his extremely high usage rate. Yeah. I believe it's it's a style of basketball as I watch it that one guy dominating the ball. Uh, who who has the ball in his possession so much? I find that it must be hard to play with that, right? It it mm -hmm. must be hard over eighty two games to be a part of a team like that, and I think that's what you know. That's 
that's what I kind of always would tell you. You know, I, I just don't like the way they play. I have concerns, especially when you get to playoff time, whether that can right. carry you through four rounds to a championship. Um, last year, we saw the Mavs looked great, and right. they got to the Western Conference Finals. They knocked off the Suns, and things were seemingly on the upswing. And I was certainly eating some crow last year. But then we turned the page to this season, and it all it seemed like the bottom just kind of fell out. So let me ask you this. What, in your opinion, you know, where do the Mavs find themselves now? What do you believe is the future with Luka? Uh, you, I mean, you are so high on Luka. Maybe we just start there. You get to see him much more than I do. You get to see him up close and personal every day. Talk yeah. to me why he's a world-class player. And are you still optimistic that, the way they're trying to build around him and utilize him and his style of play, can that lead to championships? It's it's a fantastic topic, uh, and and it's it's really one of the great mysteries of the world of basketball right now because in in many ways um, he's a basketball genius. He really is. He does things that are uh, absurd. He has a vision that is uh, in some ways Messi-like when you talk about uh, what makes uh, Lionel Messi the best player of our lifetime in, in, in soccer is that he sees everything at a level that others can't see. And uh, I guess the the comp is Jokic in Denver, but with Jokic in Denver as a big man, the theory would simply be that his vision is so good because he is up above everybody else. Well, here Luca is, you know, not above, uh, you know, not that he's way shorter than Jokic because we're probably only talking about like three or four inches, uh, if that. But we're, you know, it's he's just he plays guard. He has the ball in his hands at all time, and so now you're like, okay, so what's his best comp? And it's like. A version of LeBron James and a version of James Harden. And uh, with that dial, uh, if you get too far to Harden, you have what I would consider to be ugly basketball and a, a feeling that four guys are kind of standing there watching him and spotting up around the three. And, and maybe the bigger question is, can you be champion of the world playing that type of style? And then you put the slider to the other direction. You say, well, yeah, I mean, LeBron James has arguably been the best player in the world for more than 15 years. And so it can work, but does part of what make LeBron James so impressive is that he also can defend at, at least an above average level and at times perhaps uh, can go even higher than that, at least when he was younger. And so, you know, you, when you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how does that work? And remember this. And I think I told you this when you were in town, the thing about LeBron that's so weird is there are times where other guys around him who were all-star caliber players kind of looked like the worst version of themselves. Yeah. So the idea that he makes everybody around him better. Yeah, he does. But no, he doesn't. Like, yeah, the team is really good when LeBron James is on it, but that doesn't mean Kevin Love will excel, or that doesn't mean that uh, Chris Bosh will excel, or, or or whoever. I mean, there's a there's a way where you have to kind of play on his terms and mold yourself to his liking and to his. You know, what he needs more of, you need to do, and what he needs less of, you need to just accept that you're not going to get these looks in this situation. And so playing with Luca and playing with LeBron and probably playing with James Harden is very complex 
Because on one hand, we say they're kind of a ball hog. And then on the other hand, we're saying, well, wait a minute. He's leading the league in assists. So can you be a ball hog and lead the league in assists? And can you get triple doubles and only be about scoring? And so it's so complicated. And then you add to it, Randy, he's a minus defender. And part of the time, he's a minus defender because he doesn't even participate. So part of the time, he's a minus defender because he's too busy bellyaching to the refs. Uh, He's a very emotional young man. Very emotional. Maybe the most emotional player in the league. In a league that has Draymond Green, that sounds impossible, but I think it might be true. And on top of all of this, he's never been hit in the face with failure before. So what you're seeing right now is for the first time in his life, this kid from Slovenia, I mean, name all of the great basketball players from Slovenia, and I think your entire list will be Goran Dragic. (laughs) And so here, this world-class player who I believe for the fourth or fifth consecutive season is is almost a lock to be first-team All-NBA, and he's just turned 24. I mean, he he uh, he just put a season together of thirty two eight and eight or something like that. That is the first NBA season since was it Wilt? I'm trying to remember who the other name was, but it's like one name from before I was born. And so you look at all of this and you say, this guy should be the league MVP right now if if things went differently. And on the other hand, you did not finish in the top twenty of a thirty team league. How? at age 24. So all of your storylines about the next six months in the NBA, and there's a lot of good ones, including, of course, the playoffs and who the champion is and all that. But beyond that, what do the Mavericks do from here? Randy, it's an amazing, amazing story. And it probably starts with the fact that they seem stubborn enough to bring Jason Kidd back again after a year where Jason Kidd pretty much demonstrated he doesn't totally know what he's doing as a head coach. Gosh, there's a lot to respond to there. But yeah, I, I yeah. think that what's really interesting is not only did some stars around LeBron not quite play up to their prior, you know, all-star, all-NBA level, but I, we saw a lot of coaches who <laughs> LeBron more or less got yes. got fired, right? And That's right. I'm only saying that because uh, are we starting to see that same pattern with Luka? I don't know. 100%. Well, no, I think we are. I think I think LeBron has been his own coach and his own GM uh for since he was 25 years old, maybe even younger. And who can argue with the results? So, yes, a guy who's been compared to LeBron since he was 15 and Luka of course, he's going to follow a lot of those paths, especially since LeBron uh, praises Luca at every at every opportunity. Yeah, let me start here. I, I think Luca Luca's high usage isn't a problem for me in and of itself, right? Like I don't. That's not exactly the reason he his game rubs me the wrong way. I think when you factor in, he's not a plus defender. That's where having that high usage offensively. In, in a real world where you're dealing with real human beings, that's where it becomes problematic because I'm just trying to imagine myself on a basketball team with somebody supremely talented on the offensive end who the right. ball is always in his hands. He is dictating everything. Okay, again, it, it, some of it's just like human psychology. I can accept that if he is guarding the best player or if he is a true rim protector, if he is making a huge impact on the defensive end. 
It makes it easier for me to swallow, accept my role, understand, hey, this guy is just controlling the game on both ends. That's not the case. And so I think that that is an issue that I believe I don't know how I don't know how you square the way he plays and what makes Luca so successful with that defensive deficiency. That's where I just keep coming back to. I'm not sure what the right formula is to put a team around a guy like that. We saw the the yes. Harden Rockets. He cycled through a right. number of great players. And they got close, right? They they reached Western Conference Finals. You could say they should have beat the Warriors the the one season, but there doesn't seem to be a, a, a tried and true game plan to build around the offensive genius who's limited on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah, and it gets really complicated because you're looking for those pieces that fit, and they've already tried Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and of course that came with its own issues. Uh, now they're trying Kyrie Irving. They had Jalen Brunson between, but uh, the issue with the Mavericks, honestly, since their 2011 title, often comes back to they're trying to replicate you know, the three Kings in Miami. Everyone's trying to do that. Everyone's trying to get a super team together. That's, uh, I suppose, what what made me so happy about the Mavs in 2011 and the Bucks in 2021 is that they are on a very short list with probably the Raptors in uh, 2019 or 2020 of teams that kind of were able to sort of do it differently, although, you know, all of them have a, a gray fuzzy area. The point is, though, with Cuban, He's obsessed with getting three elite players or at least two elite players together. And in doing so, you allow guys like Jalen Brunson or even guys like Christian Wood, who are totally different players, but they both are really good. Like they both appear to be wonderful roster pieces on a contending team, but you don't want to marry them because if you do, you don't have space to go get the guy behind door number three that might be out there at some point. So it's this keep your powder dry in case Dwight Howard comes available or keep your powder, you know, all these, all these fairy tale ideas of we're going to get Giannis when he's a free agent in 2019. Oh no, he's not a free agent anymore. Well, what are we going to do with this cap space? I don't know, punt. And so it's just, you know, I mean, that's, that's really how most of the NBA lives. Uh, that's honestly, there are a few teams that don't have to live that way, but ma- the Dallas Mavericks are kind of a, desirable location kind of a desirable franchise but not one of the big eaters and so if you're not one of the big eaters then you got to be creative on how you build a roster and then it requires cap space it requires you know draft picks and assets that other teams want and and the clock is ticking on Luca's deal and you're trying to find a perfect fit so they they threw the hail mary to get Kyrie in here and uh, oh if we put Kyrie and Luca together they're going to make magic on offense yeah but what about the fact you can't stop anybody don't worry about it we're going to outscore everybody it's going to be great and uh as you see uh it collapsed in in just two months and now they really look dumb because now they might have to give Kyrie Irving a quarter of a billion dollars to keep him when the entire basketball world knows the last thing you want to do is give Kyrie Irving uh you know a five-year deal where he can then behave any way he wants so it all looks like an incredible house of cards and I suppose in summary, Randy, three years ago when your skepticism was high, uh, maybe you're uh, maybe you're in the catbird seat right now. 
because it's it's a tough. It, there's a lot of empty seats on the on the good ship Luca right now, as to, in terms of uh, the arrow going up towards the dynasty. It's it's nice to I guess be out in front of maybe the the national perception. I like I I don't think it really gives me joy because Luca the, the NBA is a better place if Luca's happy and. You know he's got a good team around him, and and it's just another title contending option, right? It it makes everything better about the NBA. Yeah. Now, with that said, it is a little surprising how often I'm starting to hear, you know, it, the Mavs aren't fun to watch. Luca's body language is terrible, you know. And so I guess we don't have to spend all this time on the Mavs, but but no. let me ask you. I know we don't know. There's no way. Either of us could know, but what do you think next year looks like? And what do you think? Where do you think the future of Luca and and the Mavs is headed? Do you, do you think they're going to be able to work through this, or is it like, hey, Luca might be out in a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I look. I hope so. I, I I hope Luca is a Maverick for a long time, and I hope they find a roster that fits. And you know, it's funny. Uh, every news story you see, uh, people down here see it through a Mavericks lens. So, for instance, if Rudy Gobert gets suspended for a playoff game or a, a play-in game, if you will, for punching a teammate during a timeout, uh, instantly, Randy, we're all like. You know, I bet you Rudy would fit perfectly <laughs> with this with this backcourt. I wonder if you could go get him. And and you know, it's so so once you go get Kyrie and talk yourself into that, you've talked yourself into literally anything that you might think is a Hail Mary. Uh, you pe- People probably don't remember, but Mark Cuban, when he bought the team, uh, literally opened his guest house in his backyard for Dennis Rodman to come live in for a, for a uh, short month and a half as Dennis Rodman joined the uh, Dallas Mavericks in, I think, 1999. So um, we, we won't rule out any possibilities, but... If I were to say, you know, do I think Luca's the type of guy like Giannis to say, I know New York and LA and Miami and everybody is is trying to get me to leave this market, uh, but I'm not going to. I this is my town. I'm not leaving here. I'm building this one up. Giannis's best comp is Dirk. And uh, not as a player, but as a human. Mm. And I think part of that is humble beginnings in Europe. And I think you come to a U.S. city that adores you and you fall in love with them. And that's your city. And it's kind of this, this, you know, uh, I don't know, it's a relationship, this uh, uh, symbiotic relationship where they kind of feed off each other. And you can't imagine Dirk in another uniform. And he never wanted to. And he he was insistent that the only reason I will ever leave the Mavs is if they push me out the door or at the end of my career, if I want to take one shot at winning a title with somebody else, maybe. But I don't want to leave this market and I'll take less to stay here. And I got that same vibe from Giannis. I just don't think Luca is that kind of guy. I think Luca is he has been raised in the Real Madrid football world. He went there I think as a 14-year-old from Slovenia, moved to Madrid, was driving a car nicer than you and I will ever look at <laughs> when he was like 15 and uh you know just uh, he he ran Madrid, but the reason that's important is 
if you follow Real Madrid, you know that that is the Lakers. That's a destination for the superstars of soccer to go play for like five years, and that's their time in playing with Real. And and you conquer the world, and you go there, and and so I think what that sets up is kind of looking at a career of let's say twenty years as five or four or five year stints at different places. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, oh, these, this is this is my time over here. And this is my time in Manchester. And this was my time in Madrid. And they, I, I think athletes in the soccer world are wired that way. And I think Luca w- grew up in the soccer world. Whereas I think Dirk fell in love that a city in Texas called him called him their own and embraced him as as he was a cowboy star and just thought man i can't i can't leave these guys i'll let down these kids who love me i just think luca looks at lebron and says i think lebron did everything perfect well lebron wore a ton of different uniforms and he might not be done yet randy so you know if you're if you're asking me in three years is luca going to put up with this nonsense much longer i would say the answer is no so what does the next year look like in dallas it is a panic to try to make Luca feel convinced that a title can happen here in the next 36 months. And that's not going to be easy, man, because they're, they've got some real concerns, especially if Kyrie just wants to bounce. And why wouldn't he? I think they won eight of 25 games with him on the roster. So I don't, I don't know that they necessarily forged a great, you know, engagement time before they get married in June. And just with the Kyrie, I mean, on a certain level, that was about as good as you're going to get from Kyrie, just in terms yes. of on-court performance, not being a distraction, you know, like that's right. And if that's right. as good as it's going to get, oh, I shudder to think how bad it could get. Yeah. And, and do they fit together? I mean, is are either a plus defender or either an average defender? And so you say, okay, I got Kyrie who's going to get 35 tonight. I got Luca's going to get 35 tonight. Fine. We're still going to lose by 10. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I think Kyrie was great. And I also think there is reason and not to get political here, but there are reasons to say Dallas would be perfect for Kyrie in terms of, Hey, we don't care about the vaccine and uh, you know, all this other stuff. So, you know, I mean, there's, there, there, there are there is a possibility that leaving Brooklyn and New York City, Kyrie was going to say, This is awesome in North Texas. And maybe he feels that way, but good luck figuring out what Kyrie's thinking because I have no idea. Yeah. And I, I'll just kind of end this part of the conversation with it's it's you can't help but think about LeBron's timeline, certainly wrapping up his career, I would think, in the next two, three, four years. Yeah. With Luca, you know, if it's one, two more years in Dallas, well, all of a sudden the Lakers might be looking to fill a big hole in terms of, you know, they need a superstar and that's sure. the glitz, the glitz and glam destination. He checks a lot of boxes for them. Hey, everybody. Randy here. Sorry to interrupt the episode. One more partner to thank, and that is Athletic Greens. Their AG1 product is a foundational nutrition drink that has become a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the morning before I start my day, and it makes me feel like I'm ready to go. I know I'm doing something good for my body, and I love that I'm covering my nutritional bases first thing when I wake up. You can mix AG1 with really whatever you like. I just add it to a glass of water each morning. Couldn't be easier. I love that it's improved my digestion. It supports my gut health, and it also supports my immune system. 
And while it's an easy part of my everyday routine when I'm at home, AG1 has travel packs, which you can easily take on the road with you as well. I remember I was first taking AG1 about a year ago, last February. We traveled out to Palo Alto, and it was the first time I had taken it on the road. The travel packs fit so easily in my backpack, and I was really impressed with how seamless it was each and every day on the road. Again, just mixing a travel pack into a glass of water in the morning, and boom, I still feel great about starting my day. I also like, and this is really important, I also like that it costs less than $3 a day, which is pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients, which is a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash trap draw that's athleticgreens.com slash trap draw and check out all that they have to offer and now back to my conversation all right well i think this is a good segue bob i'm fascinated hit me with your all nba teams uh i i think it sounds like you were not as concerned with like a games played or a minutes played minimum are, are you airing more on just give me the five best guys if if we're playing pickup tomorrow. Well, it's a, I mean it's a weird thing with this games deal, and maybe next year we'll all feel better. But the two problems with the All NBA teams is one, we still have to go with this positional nonsense, and we have to uh, act like it really matters who plays center, even though the league moved on from that like twenty years ago. Big, I mean, this is so dumb that. Uh, Joel Embiid is going to win the league MVP, and yet he's not going to be someone's on first team All NBA. You can't do that. You can't tell me he's the MVP and then not one of the five best players in the league. Well, let me ask you: How would you fix that? Would you go like, "Hey, you have"? Because I don't want pure positionless All NBA teams. Like, I don't want five guards to be first okay. team All NBA. I don't like that. I think maybe a good compromise would be you need three. F- Front court players, and yeah. Two back court players, yeah. Three bigs, three bigs, two smalls. Call it however you want. I mean, it is kind of positionless. I mean, or two where, and where two you're... with a wild card. You know, kind okay. of your next best. I, I, yes. I like that. Okay, but honestly, if we're gonna have a three horse race for the MVP, which might actually only be two, uh, because I guess Giannis fatigue. I don't know what the deal is there, and and yes, I'm biased, but I also do think that. 30 teams with a ability to grab any player to their team. I kind of think way more are grabbing Giannis than they are Jokic or Embiid. And I know that's not necessarily what the award is all about. So um, I just think he's very much in that conversation, regardless of, uh, of the voting saying it's Embiid and Jokic. So I just wanted to get that on the record as a, as bitter Milwaukee guy, Randy, I hope you don't mind small agenda at least i'm being honest about it right i mean of course of course i mean he's, he's looking over my shoulder i have to be very careful <laughs> here with um so yeah my my first team all nba is 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 pretty basic it's uh mb Giannis, and Jokic, and i don't care if you're gonna say well to our centers i don't think that's true i've seen him uh do a lot of damage uh from uh behind the three-point arc for crying out loud and uh and with the ball in his hand facing the basket in the post he's a tremendous player Giannis is Giannis. i shouldn't have to explain uh, his deal and of course Jokic has won the last couple mvps they're all great players um i'm curious what Jokic can do in this year's 
conference playoffs, but this All-NBA team is not about that. So those are the three. There's really no argument for anybody else. Uh, sorry, Jason Tatum fans, but I just don't think uh, that makes any sense whatsoever to kick one of these guys out for Jason Tatum because, again, no team would ever do that, Randy. No team is saying, hey, I have Embiid. Would you trade me Jason Tatum? Nobody is doing that. Nobody is that high. So then my backcourt players – I th- I do have to go with Luca again. I oh. I, I I do think that he's a first team All NBA player. Uh, I did look up who else had thirty two eight and eight. It's actually Michael Jeffrey Jordan um, uh, in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you know it feels oogie to say first team All NBA cannot finish in the top twenty teams in the league this year and make at least the play in. But, uh, but I have to look at the full body of work, the usage rate, the accomplish, the efficiency. Um, he's an exceptional first-team All-NBA guard, and, and I think most years uh, he's an automatic onto this team. And then the fifth one is uh is uh sga up there at oklahoma city i just uh, i i think uh for uh gilgis alexander to lead the thunder to the heights they have made uh which you know is only 10th in the west but uh it, it, it's way above their projections um i put him as my first team uh other guard my other little I, so no arguments for me i think um you obviously broke some rules with the positions. I, yes. I, I did not. Uh, a quick note on your first team: all five, yes, all five born outside of the United States, which I think How is nuts. fascinating. Yeah. Um, I I struggled with this. I kept the position, Bob. Okay. I I I had to impose a. I, I needed something to weed out the games played stuff. And I probably okay. made it way more difficult, and it's probably a higher bar than I should have. But I went with a 60-game threshold. So if you did not play in 60 games this season, I couldn't put you on the All-NBA team. All right. So, well, my se- my second and third teams are going to make you crazy then. Uh, yeah, for sure. And mine, people will laugh at mine probably for some of the selections. But I want you to know it's it's because of that threshold. So anyway, okay. I, I I struggle with the Jokic and Bead. I ultimately went Jokic just because I it came down to one. I'm probably a little biased because I've seen him play more this year being in Denver. Um, yeah. And two. <laughs> he's the type of guy I would want to play with. And three, I was just thinking if I'm if I'm on on a pickup basketball court, if I'm on the playground, who am I who am I picking? Jokic or Embiid? And I think I, I just God, he shoots sixty three percent. He's he's a distributor. Um, he's Do good enough defensively. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Embiid certainly more of an impact on the defensive end. Um, I don't think there's a right answer to Jokic first Embiid, and I also don't think there's a wrong answer. How about this? How about Giannis plays as much center as uh, as as possibly? I mean, when you talk about playing center, are we talking about you match up against the other's biggest guy, or are you talking about in the offense he plays some level of center? Because Brooke Lopez, uh, when he's out there, is is definitely the five, but he's sitting over in the corner, jacking threes. I mean, Giannis. Giannis controls the paint in both directions, and he doesn't even come up in the center conversation. Everybody's like, "Yeah, he's definitely a forward," and I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, we're really, we're really s- smudging the uh, the definitions with all these guys, right?" Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I will say, we'll, we'll uh, Giannis was my MVP pick for for the exact reason. 
if, if I could pick anybody to go win a game tomorrow, I'm starting with Giannis, plain and simple. Yes. And for that reason, he has to be my MVP. The, the only thing I would say about Giannis that would make me a little less of a homer is I do admit when there's 30 seconds left, when there's 15 seconds left and you need a shot, I've seen Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and even Brooke Lopez take so many of those. And maybe that's what makes the Bucks so good is that, uh, you know, in the end, they have several options. And even though many of them missed time this year, which I think enhances Giannis's case, I do think in that 2021 title run, uh, as great as Giannis was, and he was great. I do think in those final possessions, Chris Middleton did a lot of the heavier lifting, and I, I don't mean to sound like Skip Bayless here, but uh, I, I do know that Embiid would be taking all those biggest shots for uh, Philadelphia probably, or at least working off Harden, where I do think there are times where, where they kind of know Giannis might get fouled uh, and have to go make some clutch free throws, which he sort of can do. Uh, or take that biggest shot, and I, I do think the Bucks have kind of built an offense that at least um, factors that in and, and doesn't leverage every last-second situation right on top of the Greek freak. So, and let I think me just that- say, I, I actually respect that. I, I, yeah. I respect Giannis being willing to, That's right. to, to give up to a teammate in those spots. Like, I, 100%. I, I weirdly think that almost you could put that as a positive for him. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and again, there are so many things about his personality that make him kind of rare amongst NBA superstars. And I think that's probably one that never gets talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rest of my team quickly, if anybody cares, Giannis, of course, uh, Tatum because of the position SGA. I have, I, he is becoming a superstar. If, if folks haven't watched him, if they just know him from like, well, didn't he go to Kentucky that one year? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Excellent, excellent basketball player. And then I, I wanted to reward Donovan Mitchell. I put Donovan Mitchell as my second guard on the first team. Um, okay. I think he was the catalyst for, you know, Cleveland really coming onto the scene this year. And yep. and I love that team. And I just thought uh, Donovan Mitchell deserves it. Obviously, that means Luca goes to my second team. The record okay. was the big thing for me. I just. Yeah. I, that's what that was the hang up for me with Luca. It's it's difficult to argue against that at all. That's that's uh, kind of the name of the game, and and uh, he failed at that this year. So, all right, now to make you crazy with my second team, um, I I don't think you would allow three of these guys on your team just from games played because right. I, I don't know how you have a conversation about the NBA without saying Steph Curry is is absolutely one of the four best guards in the league. And and yes, they they clearly don't care about the regular season in Golden State, and they may be one and done. That's a really interesting series there that mm-hmm. we can get to. But mm-hmm. uh, Curry's on that team. Uh, then it does come down to Donovan Mitchell or Dame and and uh, and and De'Aaron Fox, of course. And so I. I, I guess from the ice cream, which guy would am I grabbing in a draft? I did go Dame, even though that feels real dirty this year since they shut him down like uh, St. Patrick's Day, if not even a little earlier. So those are my guards. Uh, then then I got the two Celtics wings as my forwards with uh, Tatum and Brown because I, I I don't know how you talk about one without the other. I, I think I think Jalen Brown's phenomenal, and uh, and then. Uh, my big, my third big, as I really uh, uh, blur the right answers here, I, 
I kind of think you have to put LeBron James as one of the top 10 players in the league this year. And I think that's crazy, but I also think you kind of have to do it. And he's insufferable, and he crowned himself for making the play-in game last week. But I have to admit, I've never seen anything like 38- or 39-year-old LeBron James doing what he's doing. Through that context, of course, what what he's doing at his age with the longevity and miles that he's accrued, it's it's simply unbelievable. I honestly thought you were going to say Anthony Davis because I think you could make a real case. Yeah. Davis might be more key to their success as a team this year. Well, maybe, maybe, and and he actually might be next up uh, when it comes to uh, where the Mavericks turn next because mm. there might be a there might be a Kyrie Anthony Davis play in there somewhere. I'm not who can say who can say, um, but that was my second team. Quickly onto the third team: Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. Then it gets really okay. I, Sabonis is on my third team as well, okay, so I got two. You. I got thank two kings you. on my third team. But I, these two are difficult to say because it's kind of hilarious. And at the same time, you can't get ready for the playoffs without saying it's all about these two guys. And so Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. So, so guys I left off who everyone else is probably going to put on, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, although he didn't play enough games. No, he uh, didn't, yeah. Uh, Laurie Markkinen has been tremendous. Uh, Julius Randle has been great. I don't know what you do with Ja right now, but Ja and SGA are very similar players, but only one of them has you know lots of gun charges going right now. Uh, I think Drew Holiday has been phenomenal on both ends of the court. Anthony Davis, uh, Trey Young. I mean, I it, the league is so deep right now, Randy, that it's difficult. It's difficult to find. Only 15 spots for some of these guys. Didn't mention like Pascal Siakam, who deserves plenty of love in these in these conversations. Anthony Edwards was ridiculous in the play-in game, but uh, but overall his season's been wonderful. So it's a good time for the league. But those were the 15 names I went with, and and we barely got 50 games out of some of those guys. I'm not even sure Durant got to 50. So uh, the, the, the don't get me started on load management, big. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> I, if, the, if I could change one thing about the league, I would say get a commissioner. Get a commissioner that can get control of this thing right now because uh, uh, in the words of uh, Zach Johnson, they've lost the course. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mess right now. Yeah, they got to figure it out for sure. Um, well, if if anybody cares, my idea of a of a all NBA team with a sixty game played threshold, my second team would be Embiid, Laurie Markkinen, who quietly was just about a 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, yeah, dude, he's watched, great. Watched him play several times. I don't like this, but I put Julius Randle on the second team. Like, I don't really love his game, but He's had a good season, and the Knicks have had a good season. Um, and then Luca and Fox, which makes the third team. Sabonis was an easy pick. I went with Evan Mobley for the Cavs, who okay. I think is getting a lot of Defensive Player of the Year consideration. Um, yeah, yeah. Is a good piece. And then Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brunson, and Ja Morant. So all, all 15 of those guys appeared in at least 16 wow, games. Put- you put John, Randy. I thought uh, tough on crime and everything. I thought uh, I thought you were going to have real problems with his gentlemanly play. I, I I guess that's the one where I do like Drew Holiday simply because I think he does a ton of stuff that doesn't necessarily 
show up in points per game or some of the sexier stats. So you could talk me into subbing out Jaw for for Drew. Fair. I, I won't because it's your list, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, you know, look, it's, it, the 60 game threshold is very, very legit. And, and, you know, this league has to either shorten it or, or take its game seriously because we're sending a real message to, uh, people like us who buy league pass that, uh, none of this stuff matters that much guys. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and, and for the folks that are splurging on, courtside seats right imagine yeah. i would have been so disappointed showing up last week if fox and sabonis are sitting Kyrie sitting like it, yeah that's that's just that's inexcusable um it's, it's horrible for your fans and your product uh, yeah all right let's get into the brackets i don't have you okay for, for too too long um let's start in the east your bucks we don't know yet who they're playing i i'm no. i'm hoping the heat make it through just because i think that would be the best the, the most fun potential first round matchup to watch for them. Uh, yeah. Boston and Atlanta, Philly, Brooklyn, Cleveland versus the Knicks. Let me ask you this. Who out of everybody in the East player, coach team, who in your opinion kind of has the most to prove? Well, I, I think probably the Sixers. Um, you know, there's, there's, been a long decade process for them and they've done a lot of different things they've definitely tanked their their butt off as well they've done everything to build a championship team in that uh, in that city and now they face the looming specter of a Boston Philadelphia round 2 and uh, i would imagine it's a really really important time for Harden and Embiid and uh, what i think is a really decent you know, few players around them. I love Maxi. He's just a uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ty- Tyrese is a phenomenal. Uh, also, a Dallas kid that uh, grew up here, and I didn't even take the time to go watch him play in high school, <laughs> Randy, because I'm a, I'm an I'm an embarrassment. But <laughs> I I just think overall the Sixers have the most to prove. I think the Celtics probably feel a lot of pressure. The Bucks certainly know their window is not going to stay open too much longer with with uh, the long in the tooth uh, supporting cast around Giannis. But um, just in in general, um, I, I think it's a three-horse race, and I think the Sixers uh, arguably can beat either of the other two, but now they got to beat them both and without home court. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Doc Rivers uh, and Harden and Daryl Morey and just that whole crew, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on them, and, and I'm not terribly bullish on them pulling it off, to be honest. I think that's exactly right. God, we could get a, an Eastern Conference semi with two of arguably two of the best three teams in the NBA. That's yeah. incredible to me. And I, I totally agree. I think the spotlight's on Philly. Um, I, I would just add, I think Giannis is playing just to bolster his place in history, right? If and when he gets that second title, I think that will be significant. For, oh, yeah. For where he stands among the all time greats. There's no doubt, and and if you're not going to get it this year, 
Um, this it will be hard to have a better opportunity because I don't know. I mean, the conferences are wild, Randy, when you look at it, because on one hand, you have the East, which looks like it really legitimately only has three title contenders. And then the West looks like one through eight. Who freaking knows? Yeah. And so, so you know, from a standpoint of who would you meet in the NBA finals, I think the Bucks would say, well, they probably won't be as good as the Celtics. And so they're expecting a Eastern finals against the Celtics. And that could be a de facto NBA finals for their mentality. Now, you still got to go do it all and you still need 16 points season wins and you need health and all that but I, I do think the Bucks feel that to get that one seed and to avoid that two three of Boston Philadelphia because they didn't do avoid it last year they had to go through that and they also didn't have Chris Middleton so so the east is the east is really interesting but only from a you know I, I like I like I love Cleveland New York in the first round I think that should be a really fun series and I think the world of Jalen Brunson for sure in fact who is their best player? Is it Randall? Is it Brunson? Uh, and obviously, Randall is not fully fit right now. So there's a lot going on there. But beyond that, um, you know, it's 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 just a, a complete opposite of what the West is. Where, good lord, I I, I don't know what to make of the West. It's just going to be uh, an absolute uh, battle royal. It's it's a mess. Uh, well, let's say I I like Milwaukee to come out of the East. I'll I'll let you be a homer if you'd like i imagine you like the bucks as well well yeah but my way of homerism randy is to uh doubt my team mm. and uh and to hopefully incentivize them so i don't think Giannis is the mvp i think uh he <laughs> needs to prove something in these playoffs and i think the celtics showed last year they have some ideas against him and then they just went into milwaukee a couple weeks ago and beat the bucks by like 40 on tnt and so uh let's just be honest these these bucks need to prove something to me this summer or uh, there's yeah i'm gonna let them have it so i i am the uh reverse homer i try to uh uh have collateral jinxes and uh, and just uh you know give them bulletin board material randy <laughs> so so people can't accuse me of being in their back pocket well, perfect perfect uh well then over in the west we we have denver versus tbd we we don't yeah. know their first round opponent yet um but all the the series that we do know memphis versus la has the chance to be chippy and fun yep uh yep. sacramento versus golden state i think amazing should be must see basketball uh it's it's going to be wonderful offense and then phoenix versus the clippers i mean can i interest you in kd versus Kawhi? that's that's about as good, good. as it gets in round one yeah and you know there's talking points on all of them uh the four five is incredible um the clippers had a chance to sort of tank their way out of that series if they wanted and to try to draw sacramento so i do respect the clippers for for playing it straight and saying hey we're going to have to play Phoenix at some point. Let's get it over with. And there's an argument that you'd want to play Phoenix early before they hit a stride because that's a really interesting experiment as well, Randy, because yes. uh, the Sun, the Suns, they have no depth, none. And one of the best kept secrets in the NBA, uh, maybe us league pass guys are aware of this, but I'm not sure if uh, the, the casual is. Chris Paul does almost nothing anymore. I mean, he is definitely well compensated and he's definitely on the court, but it's Durant and Booker mm -hmm. and that's all it is. And so 
again, like Kyrie and Luca, I have no concerns about them scoring points. And Durant is one of my favorite players to watch in the league just because he makes everything look so easy. And Devin Booker is a bucket anytime he wants. I'm not sure about his mentality. I think he's much better as a two, frankly. I think uh, Durant has that dog in him. I'm not sure Booker does, but they have no depth. They traded all their depth to Brooklyn. They think they want to get away from uh, Aiton. I think they're kind of tired of him. Uh, so, so I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to trust the Clippers though, with without you know fully fit Paul George and so much leverage on Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That is awesome television. The son of the, uh, the the Kings, Gold State. Mike D'Antoni must uh, must be pressed up against the screen saying, <laughs> let me into this series. This is amazing. The Golden State's going to have to prove they can win on the road. Yep. It's, what is it, a 50-mile drive back and forth? Uh, I, I don't even know, but they, they shouldn't need an airplane in this series, that's for sure. Uh that just sounds so great. And Sacramento, the arena must – I kind of wish they were in old Arco Arena, Randy, because uh, the atmosphere, I don't know if the new place has quite the same, but we're about to find out, aren't we? We will find out, yes. I, I would encourage everybody to at least tune into that first game just to get a sense of the atmosphere. The, the, the fine folks of Sacramento are starved. They have waited, what, 18 years, I believe. Um, yes, 20, 2005, since they were in the playoffs the last time. You have the Mike Brown angle, right? He he, oh, he kind so of good. learned under Steve Kerr for several years and now has, yes. a, again, an, another chance to be a head coach. Um, let me let me ask this, because I, I, I think one of the most. I think one of the most interesting questions would be, you know, you've talked about Phoenix and, and certainly Chris Paul has a hole in his career without a ring. Uh Durant's on a new team. Yeah. Do you think Phoenix has more pressure on them, or would you look at Jokic and Denver as the the one seed um, and, and Jokic being a two-time MVP is in a conversation for, for a three-time MVP? I think a lot of people are, are looking at, at that Denver team and Jokic specifically thinking, okay, well, we, we need to see you at least get to an NBA Finals. Hundred percent, yeah. the 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 pressure in the West is all on Denver, um, and and that's fine. You know, I think Sacramento and Memphis, especially Sacramento, should feel like they they get it like a free roll of the dice here. Uh, like this is we're we're in a better spot than anybody could have dreamed. We're playing the defending champs. Uh, let's go out there, play loose, and uh, if we're one and done, that's okay. The future is going to be bright in Sacramento. We're okay with that experience and and, and making us better moving ahead. Uh, we're not going to freak out about that if that happens although i would not i would not in any way uh write that in pen because i think gold state is uh, incredibly vulnerable uh but at the same time i'm not nuts enough to pick against them probably um <laughs> The Nuggets, though, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to the Sixers. Uh, you've you've had s- a supreme play. You've kind of proven everything you could prove outside of the playoffs. You've you've had some 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 rough knocks and some bad injury luck here and there along the way. No one's saying you didn't, but uh, to probably draw a real flawed Minnesota team. Or New Orleans uh, would would be the most likely to. I can't see Oklahoma City winning two road games, but uh, but if if that happens, um, I think Denver should feel really good about being in round two. But then in round two, you take on the winner of uh, Clippers Suns, most likely. Yeah, and yeesh, you know, not crazy about that. Or uh, it's time to play Golden State again. So um, I think you know this is a winnable West. 
because we can make the case for five different teams winning it. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, that won't be easy for Denver. If you got to play, let's say, Golden State and then uh, Phoenix or something along those lines in the in the second and third rounds, or, you know, you got to deal with Sacramento or, or, or Memphis. I mean, lots of options. Very intriguing. But the short answer, which is never short from me, Denver is the team with, with the burden of pressure right now. So then who do you like? Because there's a world in which, I mean, I... I I'm not rooting for it, but you could get the Lakers. I I certainly yeah. think they can beat a shorthanded Memphis team. Let's say Sacramento is able to knock off uh, Golden State. Uh, I mean, besides a, a Sacramento-LA series being awesome, uh, certainly the Lakers could win that. And then all of a sudden, they're four games away from the NBA Finals, which is unthinkable. Who, who's, yes. who, gun to your head, who, who would you bet your life on coming out of the West right now? <sighs> They all are so flawed, Randy. <laughs> I, I seriously, they. I mean, like Sacramento. I really fear the defense, especially against uh, a real solid front line. The thing is, who has that real solid front line that you would fear, aside from maybe a Denver? You know, and so you keep coming back to. I think Phoenix is going to get a lot of people picking them because we we all fear the uh, the Slim Reaper and uh, and and uh, you know don't look the Bucks don't have a title if it wasn't for his big toe we all know that and so um, we can't sleep on Durant going crazy but we also can't assume he can spend two months healthy at this point of his career so I I, I refuse I'm gonna. Let me tell you this. I try not to be biased here, but I just want everyone at the trap jaw to know every time the Lakers play, I am doing everything in my power to make sure they don't win. <laughs> now, I'm not very successful at it, and I don't really cheer uh, very much as a, a respected media guy, but I do cheer against the Lakers. I, I don't want them to be 13th seed at the trade deadline and then win the whole West. I just, I would not be able to live with all the Lakers fans I know. And uh, the ones I don't know who know how to find me online, they're also insufferable. I want pain and suffering for the Lakers uh, for all time. And uh, frankly, I just won't be able to deal with it. So I'm going to say Denver gets out of the West only because I think if Denver did get out of the West, uh, there wouldn't be anybody on their team that I really hate. And it would be kind of a nice story that uh, they finally rose up and uh, got something done in playoff time. They they don't offend me. I think that's, whereas yeah, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> whereas uh, my biggest my since my team in the West didn't make it this year, the Mavericks. I'm just gonna be uh, team Schadenfreude uh, there, Randy. If I pronounced it correctly, I'm just going to. Uh, uh, savor all of the defeats that my enemies will uh, have uh, have upon them. <laughs> uh, I, I can't argue with that. I, I Yeah, I, I keep coming back to Denver, Phoenix. I It's just hard because, as you said, it's like I can't – I don't trust anybody. I still, right. I still am waiting for the Warriors just to flip a switch and turn yes. into – you know, playoff mode warriors. Um, I, I think, and we shouldn't rule that out. I know we should not rule that out. Oh, I know. I've almost now talked myself into Golden State probably being the pick. That's weird. If we stay on for a few more minutes, I might too. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, look, it's that deal where 
you've got i mean it's it's like kepka in a major you you just go back and look at all the times golden state has suffered a bad defeat in the playoffs and you're going to come up with a list of almost none since this run since steve kerr's taken that job uh he goes to the nba finals every single time and uh and, and they're they're getting old yes but uh, if, if, if Wiggins is back in the fold and if, uh, you know, the, the, the kids step up like Jordan Poole did last year in the playoffs, we should not assume very many teams can beat them four times in two weeks. Even with how bad they've been on the road. I, I just I know what their road record is. I know they've been absolutely putrid. And I still think if they want to come playoff time, they're going to play much better on the road. I, I just, That's right. They, they've earned that benefit of the doubt from me. Yeah, and they they seem to be one of those teams that loves playing on the road. Man, that show. And now, again, we have to flush an entire season of league pass to say something like this. But but you saw the look on Steph and Clay and Draymond's face when they took the court in Boston last year, last June in the finals. And that masterpiece, I was at game four. I'm trying to remember which was, was Steph's most ridiculous game in last year's finals. But they went into Boston and reached into the heart of Boston Celtics fan man and just grabbed his beating heart out of his rib cage <laughs> and showed it to him before he collapsed to the floor. That team should not be slept on in a wide open west i will say that it was like god when they when they settled into that sixth seed i that was like the one team i didn't want the kings to face yeah i know i i i was thinking about that for you and uh and and i i want good things and sacramento's fun as heck i i i do think they will be uh, uh taken into some deep water to see if they can really swim here in the next couple of weeks so uh bat- batting down the hatches big yep yep uh well i like the bucks you you we were watching a king's bucks game uh several weeks ago yeah. and and you texted and said i i really think this bucks team might be better than their title winning team um they just I do I, they just can do everything they have i believe the best player on the court in in any game right now and so bob i'm taking your bucks to win i hope i don't jinx them uh i know you you will be a little reluctant to pick them to win but i got to yeah. think deep down you're you're kind of aligned with me no Absolutely. Deep down, I, I, I do know that uh, they they seem to have the best team. They also seem to have the deepest team. They've got guys like Jay Crowder, who sometimes never have to play for them. Bobby Portis uh, could win six-man. Uh, you know, even Grayson Allen uh, it seems to be usable with, with on their bench. And so uh, they're really, really stinking good. But, but yes, I will be a, a mess no matter who they play in the first round because um, I, I, I really – I really enjoy caring about a team again. It's uh, it it brings me back to my childhood uh, and and uh, when when uh, Sidney Moncrief and Terry Cummings and Marcus Johnson and, and that whole crew back with Don Nelson and the Fish Tie uh, raised me on the NBA. So uh, it 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 did produce sports tears in 2021, Randy. There's nothing like it. Um, but but you're right. I'll pick against them every round. So uh, to, as a coping mechanism to protect my <laughs> fragile heart. Uh, well, good for you, Bob. You you have a, a real job to go do. You got to go get on the radio. So I'll let you go. Enjoy these playoffs. I'll, I I can't wait to, to text you and, and we can share some thoughts. But I love talking no basketball and I love talking basketball with you. So thank you very much for coming on today. 
Randy, it's an honor. It's a, it, it's it's great to be on a podcast that I always listen to. It will be a little weird listening to my episode, but uh, but I'll do it like times two, so uh, it's not as cringy when I make a really bad point. But uh, an honor to be with you, and uh, shout out to Jeezy.